then make like a <laughs> Welcome to Sporting Woods. Yeah. Episode four, season two. Here we are. We're without Luke this week. He's over in Japan spruiking the Sporting Woods way. He's over there uh, trying to really get the Japanese involved in their cricket, and he's decided to go and, uh, I don't know what you'd say, I guess, send our message of how to sport wood properly in, in, in all ways. And he's, he's he's doing his best. From all reports, he's had some great responses. Um, I think he went to a sushi place the other day, and they had him up on stage, just you know, bowling some leg spin, showing them how to keep that front elbow up hot, nice and high. So it's it's pretty it's been pretty good. But anyway, so this week we got we got Michael. Yes, and, hello. and he's usually our producer, our editor, our everything. This week he's jumping on the mic for us. He's yes. he's a self confessed. Um, Cricket tragic? No, I'm kidding. He doesn't really like cricket that much, but that's all right. Tragic at cricket. Yeah, cricket yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Cricket attention span. <laughs> People who aren't familiar with my voice might recognise me from my uh, producing uh, little like uh, call cards, which is over compression. And uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, there's massive, massive audio fans out there. Poor stereo mapping. <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to be a major... Imagine that comment. They put a song on, they're like, wow, is this a Michael song? <laughs> it's like, you're like... This is way like overcompressed. The Australian Timberland. Just yeah. in the back, or like, fucking one of those... That's really shittily produced. Jug. No, it's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> Work for Lou Reed. You need I to, love Lou Reed. You need to try and get one of those, like, yeah, yeah, you need to get one of them, like, a catchphrase, like, yabba dabba, or something like that, I don't know. But uh, it's but, pretty exciting. I don't really get a chance to talk for extended periods on the mic. Not that we it don't allow it usually. Time. But no. uh, we tried everything else. We got you know, we even got down. I mean, we knew that Tony Abbott was didn't have a job at the moment, so we tried to get him. But we've tried many. That's that's the level we've got. But we've decided uh, Michael's up to it. He can have a crack. So that's a great bit. But like real talk, like what is he doing? Ah, uh, is he a cricket fan? No, I know Johnny Howard. John Howard is. Johnny Howard. But terrible action. Ooh, I mean, how bad is that to it's be like, I show. love cricket? That's like, like, we could, that could be part of the pitch. Like, mm, there's a guarantee uh-huh. we won't be, huh, nice, we won't be replaying that clip. True. Because if it was a cricket show, of course they'd be like, well, Johnny, famously, here's the clip yeah. of you. It'll be like, hey, come on an audio show. We can't show the clip. Yeah. Talk about cricket. <laughs> yeah. The state of the game. yeah, that's how we're going to sell it to him. That terrible, terrible clip. But there's awesome clips of prime ministers in cricket. The Bob Hawke getting his face smashed. That's, really? you know, the one where he, I, I'm not sure what he's playing. I think he's playing for like. Oh, you have shown me this. Yeah, I have seen he went this. for the. Yeah. It was a short ball. He went for the pull shot. He wasn't wearing a no helmet, helmet. Yes. And he's got glasses on. That's why it haunts me because I wear glasses and I'm wearing one on a bat because I literally can't see. So. I always have that just concern of I'm going to cop one that rises and just boosh, just whooshka, there, there's my <laughs> face. But, yeah, yeah. So there's heaps of weird Prime Minister cricket things. Anyways, anyways, we're here to talk about cricket. So Luke isn't here this week, but he'll be back next time. But, uh, no, the day-night test went cool, man. The whole questions leading up to it was, yeah, can the pink ball hold up? How's that going to be? Is it going to be visible at night time? And that, that night session. So that's how it changed. Normally it's from... That was Australia, New Zealand? Yeah. So Australia, New Zealand, third test. And just for like perspective from you, usually tests are 10.30 to 5.30 or it can be extended. This was the first test ever that instead started at around 1 and went till 9 o'clock. So, and people, so that, that's why they've gone the pink ball because it's got to be visible at night as well. And it's bright enough that they can still view it. I love one of the tests or one of the 
the proof of it working was there was a six hit in the nighttime and one of the blokes in the crowd took like a ripper catch, like fell over his mates, took an absolute <laughs> specky of a catch. And it was like, well, I mean, none of the fielders can complain now. How, was how was it the proof of the ball working? Well, that was the, either. well, I mean, that, the whole question was, is it visible in that night session? I mean, the ball was hit for a six. I mean, it's pretty hard to catch in the crowd with everyone around you and beers and shit. So if a guy in the crowd can catch it at nighttime, the pink ball, then these professional cricketers should have no excuse was, I guess, the point. But, yeah, so I, it, the thing that I liked most out of that test in general was the way that there was a true contest between the bat and the ball. That was, was That's what was lacking in the first two tests. The, like I said, I wasn't just trying to be negative. I mean, that to be day one on, on a whacker test, which is predominantly a, a good bowling. Like, eventually it ends up on day two, day three, when the wicket flattens out before the cracks come, it's a good batting wicket. But on day one, there should be something for the bowler there. I mean, it was just nothing, really. There was two two roads and the gabber as well. Usually a, a lot for the bowlers and there was, seemed to be nothing there. So that's why this third test was good. It was a good contest between bat and ball, which we are sort of – we have been lacking in cricket for ages, which is why, I, in my opinion, that the crowds haven't been going. I mean, there's been a good example of the India – in the test series. Yeah, in the test series. I mean, obviously, people are still digging on the T20s, and that's and that's cool. I like that T20 has, is its own version, but that's what we should all remember. It's T20, then there's test cricket. You know, like cricket is – and that's where cricket's come from. It's, it's the pinnacle, and it should always remain the pinnacle. But T20 is there for entertainment for a short amount of time, obviously, and which is a, a big motivator for the day-night tests is to be able to – be more available for people who have to work. I mean, you can't expect people to, on a Tuesday, take it off and just go. You, you are going to you're putting a handicap on your own fans. That makes sense. But yeah, I mean that to the India versus South Africa Test series, which is so interesting. It was so many records broken. Some would say uh, sort of bad records, but I to me it was Test cricket. You, it was a pitch and conditions that completely suited the bowlers, which is you know. It only seems so like, oh, what's happening? Because it never happens. Back in the day, it was very common that, that you'd have bowlers who would get on top and you'd had you know, batsmen really had to grind out a lot of, you know, 200 was, a, was quite a par score back in, you know, the 80s or 90s. Not great still, but it was, it was achievable. Now 200 is nothing, but that's what we saw in the third test, that – that 200 ended up being something you could defend, which meant there was something in it for the bowlers, which is what we need. When I say a good contest, I don't mean between the teams. I mean between bat and ball. What does the, a good contest between bat and ball? What's a bad contest between bat and ball? Well, a pitch that offers very little. So what they did on the third test was they offered, I think they said it was an inch of grass they left as a covering on the pitch on day one, which gives the seam of the ball, you know, the, the ball's got the protruded bit and the seam, the stitching, that can deviate, make the ball deviate off the pitch if there's grass that allows it to grip and, and move off that. Right, so as that's, opposed to just... Yeah. As opposed to nothing, it just being, you know, dead sort of, dead grass yeah. that's just just going up and down, easy for the batsman. And that's what I mean when, you know, I was talking about the whacker and on day two and day three, it flattens out. That's what they mean by flattening out. It just gets worn down by people walking on it, by, you know, the usage, that it then becomes more predictable for the batsman. So you like it when it ends up in a situation. And I know that you and Luke enjoy it when it starts to hit that next level of strategy where you're throwing yeah. different levels of balls, different styles of balls. You're saying that 
a good contest between bat and ball allows for more of that sort of play. Well, yeah, yeah. Play. Well, yeah. When when the the pitch is offering something for the bowlers, we're then seeing the best of the batsmen. That's when you see the better batsmen rise to the occasion. Nice. I mean, and that kind of brings back my point. I wasn't trying to be harsh on those the batsmen that had a good first two tests in the Australian New Zealand series. Like, good on them. It takes still takes concentration and everything. I'm not taking of that, but I do think that that those pitches were. Absolutely, batsman pitches. There's no one who knows cricket that wouldn't, you know, that would question that. They were batsman wickets, and after a while, I, it starts. At what really ticks me off is the thinking of, oh, well, let's make them batsman pitches so we get the five days, because if that if, if they're getting out, if it's a bowler pitch, then they might get out, and it's all over on day three. We don't get those two extra days, and that's when you start. I mean, it's a cynical thought, I know, but that's when you start being like, well, that sucks, man, because I want to watch entertaining cricket, not. You guys make money. That's and that's you know that's when you start being like, well, it's for the fans, you know. And we're seeing that yeah. in soccer, at, oh, sorry, football at the moment, you know, that the fans are really standing up to. It. And I think in cricket, there's got to be something that says we want competitive Test matches, and we're we're already seeing that. I, I hated seeing in the India South Africa series when AB De Villiers and Hashim Amla were just fighting it out, just gutsy performances, just hanging in there against some great spin bowling on a great wicket. And they're hanging in there. I think Amla was something like 11 off 120 balls or something, which, you know, and the, and the commentators, this is what disappointed me. The commentators were making comments like, oh, and you know, what do you think the, the fans would be thinking about this? There's no there's no fours and sixes. Do you think they'd be bored or something? And you're like, mate, you're meant to be selling this game. You're meant to be explaining to the people who don't watch it why this is so entertaining because it's so difficult for these the best batsman in the world, A.B. De Villiers out there, one of the best batsmen in the world, is struggling. He got a record for like the slowest innings of all time or something. But to me, he should wear that. He, that should be one of his proudest moments. If they had won that test, I'm sure that would have been one of his favorite innings because it was more. It was it was hard. It was that character we talk about in sport. It wasn't just oh, I'm going to go out there and have a have a flash, and if I get out, I don't know, I, so I still get paid the check. You know. I think you brought up a really good point there when you were talking about the commentators and mm. not selling the product enough. Mm. I notice that a lot in sports that I watch casually, and not even that I watch sports casually, like even flicking the channel. You catch a lot of uh, sports commentators ragging on it or yeah. saying like, uh, oh, that's enough of the game. Let's go back to this. This was a really exciting moment of something that happened that's completely unrelated. Oh, yeah. we've been waiting for this. Yeah. And I understand that it's their day job and they're there having to watch hours upon hours of their sport and they're mm. there for every but game. I love it, man. I'd but love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you be stoked? Whole... Um, isn't the yeah. whole reason that you're there to draw in people like me yeah. who don't know anything about it and yeah. want to sit with experts watching yeah. the game yeah. and have them comment on the game and like love it and live for it, well, even the boring bits? Yeah, and that's why I don't know what, what the public's general opinion on like commentary uh, like AKA James. the opposite of myself. <laughs> like the What the general public's opinion on James Brayshaw is or the, the likes of them, I'm not sure. But to me, I'd... I don't like that. He seems to not care. I don't want someone in there like, you know, maybe I rant a bit. I don't want someone in there being like that. But to me, I love Ian Chappell, and Ian Chappell seems to get a bit of negative press sometimes. But what I like about Ian Chappell is, sure, he is an ex-player, but when he retired, he has a journalism degree. He did the work. He went over to England and he worked with other, you know, professionals, cricket writers, and really mastered his craft then. He didn't just bank off his contract with Channel 9 and just go, oh, well, yeah, now I'm an analyst. You know, it's because some of these guys are just talented sportsmen. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm definitely not talking about someone like Warren. I think Shane Warren is a terrific analyst. But, you know, just because 
James Brayshaw is on TV and he's a personality on Channel 9, it doesn't mean I want to hear his opinion on cricket. Sure, he played cricket for South Australia, whatever. Like, I, to me, he doesn't sound like he really loves the game. I mean, he hasn't spent his career trying to promote the game of cricket. He spent his career trying to promote the game of AFL. So, like, I, I'm not saying you can, you're either one or the other, but I don't know. I think... Hey, I, I feel like... about commentators a lot. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, I do feel like I should mention that I'm not saying that they need to love everything about the game all the time, well, like some sort analyzing of... Analysing sometimes advice. means you've got to critique. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's about being honest with what you're watching. In the- but you got... As long as you show that you care is what I... And, and I think that's where I'm getting sometimes in this commentary. I like, I like Tubby and all that, but there's... And I think Michael Hussey's been a breath of fresh air, but it is something that is... Kind of playing on me. I know they're only the commentators, not the game. I'm still going to watch the game, even if I'll just put him on mute. But, you know, it's to me a big part of what got me as a young boy involved in loving cricket was, and I loved the way that Richie and Tony Gregg and Bill Laurie, the passion, the knowledge, the everything that went into cricket, it made, you know, the pitch report cool. And sure, it wasn't an old pommy bloke. South African pommy bloke in a weird hat sticking a key into a ground, but there was the 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 amount of thought that went into it made it even more just enticing to to someone yeah like me impressionable. I, I mean, like I recognise the names that you're saying, but in the context of it, I feel like I completely understand because I've got like the wrestling counterparts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in wrestling, the commentators make the match. It's like fifty percent. Like to. they have. You've got your Mean Jeans, your Bobby Heenan's, your JRs, your Jerry yeah. the King Lawlers. It can totally change your perception of the match. Yeah. You know, what is Stone Cold without JR? Yeah, fucking um, And that's in something where they're literally trying to sell you a product, carny style. Yeah. Like, here's something that we've rehearsed and written beforehand yeah. to, like, try and sell you. But, like, in the golden age of commentating for that, like, even going way back for wrestling, that's what actual sports commentators should be. That's they're right. not there to be... Uh, breakfast morning channel host yes you know i know it's like, oh, hey what, let's just have fun and it's we, banter you know? the whole time yeah. like fuck man i get like a bit of banter's cool but like oh don't get me wrong i love bumble but you know it, after a while you're like man you guys aren't stand-up comics and it shows so just talk about cricket man <laughs> and that's when and that's where someone like brayshaw you realize his knowledge of cricket it doesn't seem to be that extensive it, it you're sitting there you're like poof Right. This is how people will feel about me being in the Luke spot on this. <laughs> They'll be like, man, everyone me. loves wrestling, bro. It's yeah. fucking, it kicks it. Oh, man. Anyway, so I, I was just with that South African Indian, what I want to say about South African yeah, Indian series pin that. Is, that, <laughs> is that people, uh, some people out there might think it was boring, but to me, I I thought it was great because Ashwin is, a, is one of the best spin bowlers in the world at the moment, no question, and he was on top of his game. These were two. You know, storied. These guys will go down in the history of of South African cricket, Amla and De Villiers, and they were just battling it out in arduous conditions. And that's cricket, man. And that so that's what that's what the first two tests in the New Zealand series lacked for me. And that's what we were talking about before. And you asked what what makes it cricket. Like I always say, like most sports, should be about absorbing pressure and then applying it. You know, and and in those first tests, it was impossible for those bowlers to absorb it, to to apply any pressure on the batsman, and it was it was clear they just weren't given any kind of thing. I think they bowled; it wasn't the bowler's fault. So, like as a way to conclude that, were there any lessons to be learnt from that test? Just well, speaking broadly, from the last test, I guess the main lesson would be day night test cricket is not just a you know a maybe concept. It's a it should be something they try and do and bring in more regular, And I think it's a given that they will. Um, but I think at a deeper level, I think 
it's clear that if we don't have a clear, even contest between a bat and ball and test cricket, that's when it's boring. You know, guys scoring centuries don't mean anything. That that was my main point of that. There was 50s cheered in that third test, in the day-night one, there were 50s made in that test that were cheered like they were double centuries. And that's that's what test cricket is. You want to... I, you know, you want to see someone battle through and get there, then you can really cheer him, you know. And then I remember seeing, I don't know, I can't remember which century it was, but in the second test, it was a century, and it was clapped like it was a nonchalant 50. And it was, or, you know, it was like, like it was nothing. And you just felt like that's not test cricket. There's something lost there. So to me, the deeper lesson is we got to make sure that there's something there for the bowlers in every pitch. So people who are complaining that, oh, and the Indian test, the wickets were a shambles. No, you go to India expecting spinning wickets. You got to build yourself up. You got to you got to be able to play spin spin bowling. Australian cricket needs to look at itself and make you know. I, I went on about that how I th- a long time ago, a few long episodes ago, a lot of episodes ago now. But I talked about how I thought Australian was the fairest in terms of offering something for every, every kind of bowler in around the country. I, I that. completely take that back now. After that, series. I, I, we don't do that anymore. I think you've taken it back before. Well, as I'm well. glad. I'm glad I did because yeah. After it's just. No, we we look. Eagle-eyed at, viewers can uh, email in. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking. We 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 were just looking to just give batsmen pitches, and I, I don't know. I just I didn't. I wasn't happy with those first two tests, and it was Gabba too on Queenslander, but I just wasn't happy. So I thought the third test, the, the biggest lesson. That's what it was, Mike. That we need a contest between bat and ball, which then leads us to this next series, Windies. Now, uh, um, you know the Caribbean islands. Because they couldn't, on their own, probably have a competitive enough team. Understandable. Back in the, I think it was the seventies, they or probably earlier, I think sixties, they came together and made a cricket because they love cricket, and um, and they dominated. Man, the West Indies were the most dominant team all through the, like starting probably from the seventies, then through the eighties was their really dominant period. They like everyone, everyone was afraid to play the West Indies. Because they had, they were the teams that had seven foot guys. That's a good team to four, be. Yeah, four, four seven foot fast bowlers that bowled at your throat all the time, and it was just awesome. Like that's what I mean. We, we don't have that anymore. We, you know, whatever. So that's that's the West Indies. They've got this really famous, like out of cricket. You remember the the West Indies, dude? Because they were just they're cool, man, and they and they just play cricket so well, but. That's why this leading into the series, you feel with such sadness because, and I know I don't want to put them down because these guys might put on a show. To be fair, I haven't really looked up the West Indies that much, but I have seen them. I mean, they obviously left the Indian series, which they weren't. India wasn't happy about, but because of their board, obviously with combined countries, they struggle. You know, with cohesion, so um, they've had a lot of trouble with their administration. Um, they've The big point from this and the big sadness is that there's probably, I think they listed, I read it somewhere the other day, there's about nine or eight or nine or ten awesome West Indian players playing in T20 leagues around the world. Not playing. Instead for, of? In not playing for their test. Not playing for their, na- their nation. Is, is that a money thing or a fame thing? Or like? Uh, I mean, I think those two what? sort of go hand in hand. Oh, but yeah. I think so that was a poor question. But but I, I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. Is it like a what are they? Is because money? Then you can sort of understand it because you're like, well, that's security. They if they're getting you know biscuits over here and they're getting offered actual living money, like World Series, I'm not going to be like, oh, fucking Chapel and Dennis Lee for 
actually trying to earn a salary. They did the right thing. Yeah. But in this instance, I don't think, I mean, it's, you got it's hard, man, because guys like Chris Gale probably did do his time. I think he did play over a hundred tests, which is a shitload of tests. But at the same time, he could offer more. And there's a lot of those guys. I mean, Shiv Chandapal did his time. He, he stuck around and really fought it out. Oh, Dwayne Bravo is a guy that. I mean, and again, I, I say this without knowing their personal stories. They probably have genuine it. reasons for not doing the, it. The only reason I asked is, yeah, it's a big ask to ask a professional athlete or sportsman to yeah. say, hey, yeah, yeah. do this because of the love of it. But that's but that's why, and I wanted to bring this up because you were actually a part of that question. I was like, season one, we were talking about T Twenty leagues and the effect of them on the greater game of cricket. And, I mean, obviously there's a positive to it because there's exposure and it's a really entertaining brand, sure. If, you, if, if you're if really wanting to see sixes hit, it's great, of course. And, like, for young kids, that's what they want to see. It's three hours, good for families, blah, blah, blah. But then the effect, the greater effect is, well, there's advertisers are more keen on that, so there's more money in that. Where are the good players more inclined to go? Exactly. Where are the, where are the good players more inclined to go if there's a lot of money over there and there's not much there? But that's when you do need to have some... Really, I don't know what the word would be, but they're just full of integrity. You need people who are full of integrity and realize the greater good. They want to leave something better than when they first got there. And I just think, I don't know if it does come down to the fact that they are a sort of a galvanized unit rather than a, a, a natural country or whatever. And in a situation like this, and you're going to hear through this series, and I hope. I'm hoping for the opposite. Do not get me wrong. I hope the West Indies turn up, you know, we're, we're four for 60 or, you know, we're in trouble and they really put on a show. I really do. But I fear that they don't have these, these – and they are. There are a lot of young players that they've just been thrown in the deep end because the other guys have gone, well, look, there's only a certain amount of time where I can play professional sport. I'm going to get the money where I can. So West Indies have got a lot. Yeah, it's a tough call. <clears throat> West Indies have got a lot to look at, but – I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, so what do we do? I just, as a spectator, as a fan, I just hope they can get it together because, like I said, to start this, the West Indies, I'm sure that a lot of a lot of people first loved the game when they first, you know, their, their love of the game grew from watching the West Indies play cricket in their golden era. So you I, hope I've they can come back. I've heard you give back. that advice before, on, on awesome. the podcast before. Make sure you watch Test Cricket. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about Test Cricket. Yeah. Maybe start a podcast and try to get as many people as possible to yeah. watch Test Cricket as possible. Oh, man, that's it. And it's, it's it's just it's a different kind of game. That's what I like about it. You know, and they talk about – they were talking about how do you get people to come back to it, how do you get people to go to, to, go to the games. I don't know why – I mean, they say on oh, this day and age it's impossible. But, I mean, you have – 15,000 kids go to schoolies and spend on the beach and no one dies. So they're worried about overcrowding. Give them an armband. I reckon if you opened up those gates and said, all right, 10 bucks a ticket, five bucks a ticket, make it literally affordable for anyone. Don't just make it like, oh, but we're offering you fireworks and that. So that's mean we can charge you 80 bucks. Like that's dumb. That's not helping the game. That's a, a quick fix rather than how we can actually grow this. They should open up the gates for, you know, five, 10 bucks. People will still end up spending 50 bucks and you'll have more people in the crowd and the game will be back because people do want to watch, I believe. They just, you know, it's just not worth it in their eyes at this stage, which sometimes you don't blame, especially if they don't love it as much as you know, some other people. Especially if it's a good game coming up 
You yeah. got people being like, well, oh, man, we're going to go today. That's like, the thing that ticks and... me off, man, because, it, I mean, the Ashes is on, the crowd's f- filled out. New Zealand test and there's no one there. And you're like, well, come on. Do you love the game or do you love England versus Australia? Because I guarantee you wouldn't go and watch England versus Australia chess, motherfuckers. So you're there to watch cricket. You're not there to hate on England. That's true. That's what I, that stupid comment of that guy. Oh, you made your bed when you didn't let that trumpet in for the ashes. Yeah, yeah, you fucking... That's why I said I'd never go to another game of test cricket. And it's like, well, mate, you just obviously weren't a big fan of test cricket. You're a big fan of trumpet. And we yeah. won't be responding to any emails from British Australian chess players. Yeah, no, fuck you. Chess is good. I like chess, but I'm just saying. I mean, has chess Those... ever packed out Wembley? Come on. Yeah. Not that fucking cricket has. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Sorry, chess. <laughs> but yeah, I, so in this comp, I'm, I'm expecting, and I, I don't want to sound, obviously I'm not just barracking for Australia, but I think, I think Australia will win it comfortably. But I'm really hoping that the Windies, these young guys, can put on a good performance so they can have something to build on for the future and they can be the new crop that really cement it rather than the other guys that are playing teams. How many different teams are there? In Test Cricket? No, in the Windies series. No, no, they're they're one team. So imagine they're just another country. Oh, so this is just a... There's just another series. There's just another series, three tests. So there's nothing special about the West Indies other than... And the last one was three tests as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be three, two. two. Yeah. So this will be three tests, two. And the West Indies is not like any like special tournament or anything. Like they just are one team, but they're filled with different... It'd be like, um, you know, the British and Irish Lions and the rugby. Have you ever heard about that? Where they do a series every um, four years. Yeah. So it's, it's Scotland, Wales, England, Ireland. And they have the best from all them, and they go and do a series, and it's against like a Southern Hemisphere team. Yeah, no, it's sounds cool. Sick. Yeah. yeah. So West Indies is kind of like that, but they're just a constant team. They're not like an exhibition series. They're they're always in the league, so they're like its own country kind of thing. Cool. So it's and yeah. So obviously, once upon a time, it was the best of the best, but now the best of the best are kind of around the world. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a competitive series. I think the wiser part of me knows better, but. I'm hoping for it. I, I just, yeah, like I said, go go West Indies, you know. I am I just want to see that. They've got good fast bowlers, though. I'll give them that. Some of their fast bowlers are quite good. They Kemar Roach um, fed it to Ponting the last time they were here. I think it was 2011, 2012 maybe. But he, he, he got Ponting on the arm and that was good to see. I want their young quicks to really stand up. And, and like they've said, like Kurtley Ambrose has said in this week, he's like, we want to take it to their middle order. If they can do that, especially in the first test, then they could make this a series. There you go. I won't be all doom and gloom. If they can, if the West Indies can really get into our middle order, say if we do win the toss, which we always usually do, it's weird. But if, if we bat first, or whenever we do bat in our first innings, the West Indies need to get our top order quick. And if they can get into our middle order, we've got a series on our hands. So it's not all doom and gloom for the Windies. Don't listen to what everything says. Don't listen to what I say, ever. This is going to be a good series, Sporting Woods. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Now let's talk shop um, about Sporting Woods. How can we make episodes more uh, re-listenable? Gimmicks? Can you think of any cricket gimmicks? Like, oh, best catch. Oh, Yeah, no, that's lame. I thought of one on the... <laughs> Sorry, that sounded harsh. No, that sounded harsh. No, but you know what? I only thought that because that's what they do on the cricket. They're like, oh, classic catch. Yeah. Which is cool, but we don't have visual. So I want to... I was thinking, what was that one? I was on the toilet the other day. I was thinking. I I am joking. I absolutely love our format at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's lace. It would be selling out. It's within our wheelhouse. Oh, you mean like 
if we're going to have like Goldie's Corner where Luke goes on about it. What's your rant of the week? Yeah, yeah, that'd be shit. Now you're talking. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's very podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very other podcasty. They're selling like audio hotcakes. <laughs> it's pretty exciting that Luke's off in Japan with his missus. Yeah. Even though that means everybody's stuck with me for the podcast. I oh, know, that's a good thing. I think I think Luke, I mean, we we ha- there was such a high demand for us in Japan that we had to send him over. We had to send him over and we thought Luke would be the best to send over. Um, he's, I mean, he's the most approachable, really. I mean, Vilkins and I are pretty much gargoyles. So yeah. we sent Luke over. Um, hopefully he reports back that um, all the Japanese are now sporting woods. But Have you seen some of his photos? Some of them have been pretty cool. I have seen some of his photos. I saw that he was walking down the street and there was a lot of Christmas stuff. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Japanese get well into their Christmas stuff. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> I only see that in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did see that. That's pretty much it. Oh, look, I'm not a big Facebook guy, I'll be honest. Okay? So just fucking get off my case, bro. A big cricket guy. Sorry. Do you know what I've been watching? No, nah, no. Nah, let's talk some truth. I've been watching the 2004 Indian series, like Australia versus India. Man, Damien. Why, I was why just, that? Do you have it on DVD oh, or because, have you been looking up? No, nah, I looked up on YouTube. It's, it's up there. But, um, yeah, because that series with India and South Africa and it's like, well, look. It's not impossible to play India and South Africa, uh, India and India. Our, the Australians in two thousand four—that was an awesome series. That was so good. Damien Martin, he, the way he played, and it was. And they—I've read in a few books. They when they play in like those, even in the IPL or with the other, when they play with Indians, the Australians, they they talk to them about you know how do you play spin, and they would say that the way that you play spin is you've just got to try and pick the length as quick as you can. And that's what you base the shot you're going to play around. So if it's you got to pick the length, if you think it's going to be full enough, so close enough to you that you can charge up and get to it before it spins, that's what you do. But if it's too far for you to get to, you play it as late as you can. You let the spin do everything it can before you play the shot. And that's what you watch Damien Martin from that series. That's what he did. And it's just like, oh, that's that's how they, you know, I hope that some of those, if we ever have a series, like when the next series in India, I hope that some of our batsmen do go and watch that, um, that the highlights of that series because it's bloody terrific. And the Indian team in 2004, I mean, it's you got to love a team that that rocks around with two spinners all the time. I mean, to me, spinners are there is so much T20 that a spinner's become someone you bring on to try and dull the run rate rather than take wickets, which is what spinners were always known for, mm. taking wickets. Like Warney always says, if you're a spinner, you should be going for a few runs, but you know, it's okay to get hit for a few boundaries because you're going to get the wicket eventually. But now you see with a lot of spinners, like that Mark Craig was a good example. I think it's the only criticism I have of Nathan Lyon that he doesn't toss it up enough. He's looking to protect, like stop runs where he needs to be more aggressive. I still love him. I think he's great. That's what I loved about that Indian team is they played with two spinners consistently, Kumble and Harbhajan, and they they at home destroyed teams. But that's why it was so. It was the fin- the, the Australians leading into it was the final frontier because we hadn't won there since 1969. Bill Laurie's team, which was just a, a they they won that in heinous conditions. They were so they were so demoralised and wrecked after that series. They ended up going to South Africa and getting beaten four 0 like two weeks after that or something like that. So, it's, it, India is a hard place to tour. That's why those tours, to me, are always so great. 
and people putting that India versus South Africa series down ticks me off a little bit because India should be like that. It's it's good. But them having spinning wickets is good. Anyways, West nice. Indies, it's going to be a good series. Sporting Woods, ba-da-ba-da. Luke will be back. Thank you, Michael. It's been Thank fun you. having you, man. It's been uh, really mic, exciting. I mean, you're always here, but it's been fun being able to talk to you, get your perspective. I yeah. Like- Normally, I do all this just in my head. <laughs> well, if people aren't aware, if anyone there's new listeners, our whole reason for starting this podcast was that Luke and I obviously love our cricket. Michael, not the biggest fan. We're all mates. We hang out a bit. And he Michael. wanted to make it pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have another question, and this is just editing work for me. I'm thinking, I, like, I'm, why? I know. I'm out? actually this thinking is all on me. too. But at what point, I ask this at the risk of being too politically correct, mm-hmm. um, at what point is it time to stop checking out hot girls in the crowd? On televised oh, sports. Oh, that's a very good question. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, I made it up that, on my little board here. Yeah, that is a good question. So you're talking about the cameraman. That's one for the cameraman. Well, or the producers. I, I, hey, I was about to say, I realised the answer for my question, because originally I was like, why does it like happen? Why is it a thing? Oh, and the right, answer right, is right. someone who's worked in audio visual. <laughs> it's because all the cameramen, camera guys are dudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the vast majority, not all of them, yeah. but I'm sure most of the people yeah. I worked with in camera operators. Like, okay, so we run a production company. Uh, we need a cameraman on the cricket. I'll do it! I'll do it! <laughs> and I'm sure if they're not a live camera, like beaming live to Channel 9, they're scanning the crowd for like hot, hot attractive chicks, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. um, because I would too. How good would I've that got a be? Yeah. How good would that <laughs> Yeah, I sometimes just do it on my patio. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording live at Stefan's Needle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you walk past South Bank, Michael will be watching. <laughs> You've been catalogued. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good question. When is it? The question was, when is it too far? Yeah, well, at look, what point are we going to say, okay? I well, think the casual, right. you know, every couple overs when we come back from the ad break, you know, kind of into, integrated with a few birds, like not chicks, not but like actual, like a few birds or nice scenery, then a little quick cut to a fit <laughs> chick, maybe, you know, I don't know, enjoying a, a, an ice cream or something like that, and then back to the cricket. Oh, so yeah, we can be gratuitous, just you just in little doses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't you can't flood the market, man, or as it goes to obvious, you know, the value goes down. Like, come on, it's simple economics. I don't mind it when it's like, oh, look at these people, they're wearing funny costumes and whatnot. And again, i got to like say on the outset that I just watched not nearly enough sport for me to have any sort of like opinion on this matter. <laughs> like, no matter what happens, it's not going to affect my life in the yeah. smallest amount of time. What I'm hoping is that people have taken your like chat of the wrestling and are going, yeah, but this guy's judging it off what fucking Trish Stratus is doing. (laughs) (laughs) And how people respond. The puppies, JR! The puppies! (laughs) Exactly. Those people were celebrated in the ring and paid for their efforts. Their talents were appreciated. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, it's like with hockey, how, like, fighting is a part of the game now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't believe, like, rugby... Like, that's the call rugby has to make. They have to be like, hey, we're going to make fighting well, part of the game. That's what, well, I don't, I don't know if rugby, like fighting has to be part of the game, but I think we should, it we doesn't. certainly, <laughs> no, but we certainly don't have to be like, oh, fuck, one punch was thrown. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. Like, I mean, all that one punch can kill stuff. I mean, if you use your brain, you realize that it's usually that, I mean, there's not that many fucking karate experts out there that can kill you with one punch, cunt. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, there's probably the unlucky few that are killed from the punch, but majority of them are killed from hitting the deck, hitting mm. the concrete. That's, I guarantee that would be where the majority of the head trauma comes from. Uh, not, not in rugby. No, no, <laughs> but that's what I mean. The, the point yeah. I'm making is that, that that's the whole f- premise of why that people freak out, and if mm. there's one punch, oh, that guy's going to be outlawed forever. I mean, they're playing a fucking co- collision sport. They're going to get... And, I mean, if there's if there's some little prick out there that's... You know, wrecking the game. Which sometimes, if the, I mean, if there's a team that's obviously good at one area, they might send some guy. Hey, mate, shut that down. And I mean, that's cynical. So you should have a guy. That's what rugby used to be. Like, if there was a guy, say, if you're getting good quick ball and you were getting on top of the team, their tactic might be we might lay over the ball. Well, mate, you're going to lay on our side of the ruck. We're going to make sure your hands are bloody by the end of that. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, that's using the just, game to try. Well, and that's screw right. People exactly. Up. And you're like throwing on the ground. So, but then it's stomping. Is it not? It like, stomping looks- should be outlawed, but rucking. There's a difference between stomping and rucking. Stomping is just standing on a dude. Rucking is if my hands on the ball, you ruck my hand off it. That's what you get. My yeah. you get my hand off it, which should be allowed. If I'm slowing the ball down, you should be allowed to use your feet to stop. You you're not allowed to use your hands in a ruck. You're allowed to use your feet. That's but as soon as anyone uses their feet in rugby now, it's seen as oh my god, that's so bad. It's kicking him in the head. No, he's not. I just never. It never looks good having someone a player punch another player. No, in a you're sport right. that's not MMA or rugby. Yeah, it's like hey, he's going to be trying to punch you. Yeah, and well, that's like, what I, I watch hockey and I sit there and I'm like, oh, it's a bit funny. And it's it? always in retaliation. Like for yeah. what? What score does it settle? I understand that it's yeah. like in the heat of the moment, yeah, but I it's like, know. oh, you hit him too hard. I'm going to whack him real yeah, hard and then no, he'll settle down. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge. To be honest, and again. Like, not a sports No, person. but, but here, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go on both sides then. I'll try and go on both sides. As, when I was growing up, any time there was a blue in the game, it always made the rest of the game better. Like, I don't care what anyone says, it always made the rest of the game better whenever there was a blue because it was just that spice. It's passion, though. I don't think it's the violence. Hey, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah, but I think it's the passion that's that's obvious. Like, obviously, then everyone is going 100% because they fucking want to get them. And that's whether you see that as violent or whether you see that as, oh, well, their competitiveness is at its peak, which is why I'm here. It's it's how you perceive it, really, and what then, yeah, and like you're saying, well, you don't have much scope on going to sports, so then you you wouldn't have the greatest perspective on what's appropriate I, in that. I'm just aware that it's all well and good for me to say, like, oh, that gentleman should not just, just, just yeah, be less yeah. angry. But I also agree, then, that if it's... The thing I disagree with with ice hockey is that it seems to be, like, choreographed. Like, they seem to, like... Sometimes it's like, well, it hasn't... And again, I don't watch a lot of ice hockey, so fucking, I'm not an expert, I know. But it's just weird that it's, like, organised or, like, the ref sits there and is like, okay, go. <laughs> like, the ref should always be trying to break up a fight. I mean, that should be the way. But you shouldn't... What My whole point is let's not blow it out of proportion. If mm. the, the whole thing is that, oh, what if he kills him? Or, like, what if something really bad... Happens? Yeah, well, it's been a long time and I don't remember... You know, some, a few people got laid out, but... It's it's not good. Well, yeah, I get I, the points of both sides. That's I understand the whole thing. That, it's weird. Just yeah, in terms of like you know problem solving mechanics, mm. you know, you're someone watching that. It's sort of like oh, maybe he could let's, have, you know. Let's bring it back to cricket though. Oh, because cool. I completely Sorry. disagree. No, no, I liked that chat, and it's good. this is a good point I wanted to make. I completely disagree with anyone ever suggesting that we should outlaw the bouncer in cricket because the bouncer isn't. It's not always like. And intimidating, like in trying to intimidate the batsman. Sometimes it is sure, but that's also there's nothing illegal to it. We've made it now. Like that's there's something where you say bring back the contest. Okay, I got a scenario for you. A bowler comes in, this and bowls a great short ball that ends up going just around 
that and the batsman has to you know pull out of the way and and get out of the way if it's just gone past his throat. That's a good ball. You know, people might think, oh, that's violent or whatever. But, you know, if, if that was Ricky Ponning and he had a stepped up and smacked a six, you wouldn't have thought twice about it. So he's got a bat in his hand. That's the point of the game. <laughs> so it's, it, there's short balls. People play pull shots, cut shots. There's, play, there's ways to play that ball, but it's also a little bit more at stake. And it's the, it's the point. There's, there's sometimes risks in things. People build high 100-meter buildings, you know. Like there's risks in things if you want to – fucking do it i don't know but the whole point i'm making is that then okay so that ball comes in right now the rules is the rule is now that you're only allowed to bowl i think it's only two or one past the that they go they go like this one they tap their shoulder with the finger and that's one past the shoulders so then this guy who's just been absolutely beaten and he's probably thinking holy shit you know he's a bit no knows then that the next ball is not going to be the same he knows that the next ball is not going to be short he's not going to cop that again that's nonsense. To me, that's a nonsense. And it's kind of weird too because they say, oh, they're not allowed to do that. But you see it. You see more than like three short balls in an over all the time. But they're just like, oh, no, that one was sweet. So it's then clear then that you're like, well, it's it's a part of the game. It's not some violent act. Sure, there's injuries that can come from it. But that injuries can come from driving a car. You're not going to walk to the Gold Coast. Hmm. You know, it's it's just a matter of, that's the way it is, dude. Especially and people not just to can't... see cricket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's what, that's, that's what I think. I just think anyone who's been suggesting that, it's a knee-jerk reaction to the unfortunate incident with Phil Hughes. But to me, and this is a very unpopular opinion, get ready to fucking cut this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to me, that incident is a product of how we have de-skilled our batsmen by the only one bouncer and over rules, the the fact that pitches are better for them, the fact that they're... They, they now uh, go out there like Sir Lancelot with, with their protection, which, of course, I'm not saying, oh, they shouldn't go out there with protection. I want them to. But in saying that, the bowl, yeah, of course I don't want that. Sh- of course I don't. But in saying that, if we've given them that protection, then why are the bowlers allowed to bowl as many bounces as they want? It's, it's, it's a funny thing, and it's, I think it's something that they need to look at. And I know me saying it isn't going to make it happen, but to me, I think cricket fans... Most most cricket fans, are, they don't want to see people getting laid out, and they don't want to see what happened to Phil Hughes happen again. You got to you got to the short ball's been a part of cricket since day dot, and it always will be. So to keep the contest good, back to what we were talking about, I think that maybe maybe that should be something that's addressed. I think rather go the other way, people might think, oh, well, let's, let's not bowl any short balls. Well, then if a bowler accidentally, the ball gets stuck in his hand, the batsman's never faced a short ball in his life, he's going to be like, oh, and just get hit in the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's <laughs> it's kind of, that. there's logic to that thinking. Like, obviously, I can see the logic in, well, let's outlaw the bouncer and it'll never happen again. But I think that's ridiculous, is my point. I don't know how we got onto this. I think we're just enjoying talking. Um, yeah, uh, so... You think we should continue to keep looking at hot girls at the Oh, game. that's that quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love when we can prove just how how big our roller coaster is. Yeah. But yeah, so the the whole point is uh, like bouncers. Let me try and do it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> like bouncers. This is what you pay your subscription to Sporting Woods for, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Strap in. And you don't. <laughs> and by the way, you don't yet, so don't act like this should be good. Um, yes, so like like the bouncer, the art of selecting hot women in the crowd for the cameraman is similar to the bouncer because 
like the bouncer. We can't over flood it, but it's still relevant. It's always going to be relevant in the game of test cricket. The hot chick in the crowd from the CD cameraman scoping her out because he's been looking through the crowd all day and the bouncer. They're relevant. They are cricket. Well, I, I suppose the question is with the opposite and well done, by the way. <laughs> Let's not even just go. Let's not go the obvious, dude. Where are the where are the old people struggling to get the whole burger in their mouth? That's what that's, I'm talking that's, about. Yeah, I want to see. That's little what ki- we want. Okay, the best story that's ever happened to me at the cricket. It's one of the best stories. Went to the cricket with my dad. Watched cricket. Uh, watched the Queensland Bulls back in the day. I would have been about twelve. We were sitting there and Gabba. There's those flip seats that you got to sit down to keep them down. You stand up, they pop back up. Genius. I mean, I've I've fell victim to those suckers I think so I can see many where times. The story's yeah, everyone, been teed up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's locked in. Yeah. But um, but yeah. I mean, I've 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 fallen for that so many times. Especially if you're pissed, like yeah, you get up and fall and smash yourself, and everyone laughs at you. <laughs> so anyway, me and my dad are sitting there, and we got our meals. Um, we're in the like members too, so you can go inside and come back. And there's like pies and a bit of a buffet. You can get a real proper feed in there. And um, we come out. And right about two rows above us, there's this um, fairly young dad, probably about 35, mid-30s, and his, um, and his two young sons. Actually, I think I might have been one. I don't know. I think one kid matters. So, <laughs> that sounds harsh. Hopefully not to the dad. Um, maybe after this. But anyway, so they've come down with their dinner too. Um, the dad's set the, set the kid up. I finally got down, and then the kid needed something, so he's got back up. Kids put his pie on the seat, got back up, and then looked over, and me and Dad were sitting there just watching it. Like, we knew it was happening. Yeah. They would know. They were two in front of us. That's why we could see it. We were two behind them. And just sit there to see this pie go, and it was, ah, oh, you know, and the Dad's just like, shit, mate. Like, and you can't, you can't fix it. That ground's gross. You can't, you can't eat off yeah. the ground there. There's no five-second rule there. It's like a point five. But, um, so, yeah, I mean... It happens. You can see it on the dad's face. Ah, oh, these chairs are bastard. What's going through his head? So he goes, look, mate, I'll... I think he went inside and he went to grab like there was something else for him because this kid had chips. He was eating his chips. And he had a drink as well and he decided to try and... He, the drink was full enough that it balanced on the seat next to him, so it was fine. His dad's come back. So the drink is him, secure. The drink is secure there. The dad's come back with like a sandwich or something for him because he ran out of another pie. And as the kid's gone down, and I, I don't I quite remember this bit. I think he got up again. He put the chips down on the seat. Pretty sure the drink holding it just twisted his head for a sec. And there go the chips. <laughs> <laughs> so the chips are gone down. And that was when the you see the dad being like, oh, man, like far out. I'm not getting you. And he was like, I'm not getting you more chips. That's when dad and I, dad was cracking up straight up because I'm sure I did something similar. So the, I'm not getting any more. Just drink. You got your sandwich. Don't put your sandwich on the thing. Right, the drink's fine. Whatever. Don't put your sandwich. Kids is having his sandwich. Fucking gets through about half of it. As he's doing, he's having his drink. Keeps going. And then and Dad and I. Dad called it. I think he was just like, you know, that drink's eventually going to go too. And I was just like, what? He's like, it's not going to be able to hold it down the whole time. Like that's <laughs> only the thing. Kid got about halfway through. And you just see it, like, you could see the thing bobbling. And 
I know we were like we both would have the same thing. Like, should we tell this guy? And then it was like, <laughs> nah, man, this is way too enjoyable. Because <laughs> by this stage, there's just this mess around this kid. He's just covered. <laughs> there's just shit everywhere. And the drink goes. There's a stain. And the dad, you could just see, he's like, oh, that enough. I swear they ended up leaving early. It reminded me of that Simpsons bit. Right, oh, I'm back to Winnipeg. Slaps the dad. <laughs> so yeah, that mean, to be honest, one of the greatest cricketing moments for me. Those, those seats are a bastard, and I hope that kid. I'm sure he learned his lesson after that day, but I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't share a drink with him. If only that moment was recorded by eagle-eyed cameramen. Exactly, exactly right. I'm. I'm like, that's why New Zealand cricket had it genius. Yeah. Part of their thing in the last series was, if you're wearing. So it was a bit of a gimmick too. You had to wear one of their like promotional shirts, like this weird ad thing. It was like an orange shirt. That's a smart but gimmick. But if the, if the ball gets hit for a six and you catch the ball in the crowd one-handed wearing this orange shirt, you get like a bullshit, like a mil- like it was something like crazy. Like to catch it one-handed in the crowd is crazy. But there's, I think there was this one that was definitely awesome and they did it and I think they were like, because <laughs> then after that like you just saw everyone like and I think it was like in the first game or something so everyone in the crowd after that was like holy shit there's big money available <laughs> like crowd just boomed after that it was so good so yeah things like that they're yeah, always good if you're a batsman you'd yeah. be like oh, but I remember the, the old mercantile mutual sign like for the players even that was a cool gimmick like there was a sign put up around the boundary a couple of them I think and if the batsman hit a six and it hit that sign, then they won like a car or something like that. So it was cool. another yeah, cool. Yeah, See, those fun. things are cool too because they still involve the game. Like it's like oh, random dancers dancing in front of you is like, can you get the fuck out they of my did way? They did one dude like that because they've got LEDs and... at me. <laughs> yeah. Some random guy like thrusting in my face is like, dude, this isn't cricket. That's that's where this saying came from. I think so. They should have um, so. an updated sign like that. I don't know if they do or not. This is just a free good idea to the international cricketing community. Yeah. Um, but you have people, they donate to a charity. If you donate over $5 or more, you get a chance for your name to flash up on the board. They've got LED lights or whatnot. Yeah. And if they hit it and your name's up when they hit it, you win a car. Oh, shit. They could do that on the sight screen, dude. Yeah. They Anything could have like LED that. sight screens. Well, uh, well so- something that's not going to break when a cricket bat... Cricket ball hits them. Oh, fuck it. But yeah, like, you know, you can project an image up yeah, there, like yeah, the flight, yeah. so it's just a sign. Yeah, you, know, you probably couldn't do a side screen because you need that to be fairly... And they've got Twitter walls and stuff. Oh. It could just be like... Yeah, an that's a pretty thing. good idea, actually. That's yeah. cool. I like that. This is what you pay your subscription money that's for, folks. That's right, man. You, everyone, these, I'm sure there's some businessmen the out there. Like, they're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Well, like, we, look, we've given we, you gold. Yeah. Without the Luke, but we have... I'm having way too much fun. I'm not going to wrap this up. Like, yeah. We're going to end it We're going to be here. Luke, and Michael's going to have... This won't be released until 2018 because it's a four-hour podcast <laughs> and Michael won't want to edit it. But Part one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is going to be the Harry Potter series. <laughs> going seven. Anyways, thank you again for coming in, bro. Lo- oh, thank to you To your bedroom. This <laughs> is not, not my bedroom. This is a... The studio. Yeah. Most studios have a bunk bed. <laughs> Anyway, thank you. Okay, here it's, we go been, again. it's been Sporting Woods. I've, I've certainly sported Woods. Thanks, thanks again for, for listening, if you have. Thank you very much for, for liking us, for listening to us on SoundCloud, for, <laughs> for downloading it, for all the, anything you're doing for us. We really appreciate it. We're just having fun. We hope you guys are too. So we'll see you next time. We're, we're Australian. We, I'm sorry, that was the best ending, and I've just talked all over it again. Um, uh, 
We're an Australian podcast, but we can see, especially through SoundCloud, but whenever you uh, download it through iTunes or SoundCloud, we actually get that data and we can see. It's a great kick for us to see all the different countries and all the different cities where oh, people are listening yeah. from. Absolutely. So, so if you'd like a particular shout-out to your area about your local cricketing team, not your local oh, cricketing yeah, team, but yeah, your that's a good idea too. national team. Or even, no, go your local too. If you want to, if, if you want to shout-out to your cricket team and try and... If it, do we really? Can we have anything to offer them, though? Yeah, hell yeah. We'll give them a shout-out on this. Then they can go back and tell their local sporting team, hey, look, an international sporting podcast has given us a shout-out. They don't have to know. <laughs> it that sounded we're... like it's pretty good for us, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, do Everybody that, man. Wins. No, what I want, let's turn into something. I want to learn about your local cricket team. I want to hear about it. I want to hear, like I said from the start, I want to hear people's, you know, oh, man, I was, you know, my team was down six for six for 20 and i ended up coming in and me and my mate we stayed in all day and we're now six for two i want to hear your stories because that's what cricket's about it, it is about being back against the wall i'm gonna put the shot the team on my shoulders and i'm gonna do it you know how we were talking about gimmicks and you made a funny thing about like luke's corner that would be a great thing if luke when he posts them on reddit says okay well let's hear your individual cricketing stories oh, yeah. people can post that each episode yeah and then each episode luke gets to have like a and here are the best stories i've collected from people winning i like that man i like it and i and it's good because i do want to i want to start hearing i want to start hearing from people you, you cats are listening to us we appreciate it but we want to hear from you we want to hear some of, some of your cricket stories because we just love it we hope you do too the cricket that is not us we don't love us. Yes, we want to hear from you, but it's time to All stop right. hearing from us. Yeah, I want, to, I want to get out of here, man. It's hot and sweaty. Bye. Words. <laughs> and then make like a... <laughs> test, test, test. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's funny that we're saying test. Testing, testing. Test, test, test.